Hello, hello, and welcome to the show today. I'm really glad you're here. Today we are continuing our series on the holidays and how to find your joy during the holidays. One thing that can be a joy stealer during the holidays is your moolah, not having enough of it, not knowing how to spend it, and wondering where the heck it is all gone. And so we have a special guest today, Lindsay Money Mentor. She is here to give us lots and lots of tips. And similar to the last episode with Tati Garcia, where we talk about stress during the holidays, with Lindsay, I have a hit list of top questions about your finances and your budget during the holidays. And uh, we, we just go by the big questions one by one, and she gives us tips and strategies. And uh, she's a great guest, and I appreciate her. And here's a little blurb about her. Uh, she teaches simple, flexible, sustainable money management Perfect for people who never seem to be able to stick to a traditional categorized budget. Because budgeting is broken, not you. I like that. And I just wanted to point out that in every episode I have show notes. And that's where I have the information about myself and make it joy. And links to, I have a link to the joy quiz. I have a link to some of my freebies in there. And I also have links to the guest and their information. Any freebies that they have or any special links that they want you to know about. If there's anything important that we talk about, any reference or maybe a book or, or anything that comes up that I think is helpful to you, I will also add that in the show notes. And I just wanted to point that out in case you didn't know about it or you forgot about it. So always just check out the show notes. There are show notes in every single episode, and the point is to make your life easier. Okay, I hope you enjoy the show today. Hi, I'm Caroline Music, and I'm a certified life and spiritual coach, and I love to help women live life with more joy. My job is to completely and wholeheartedly believe the best in you and believe the best for you. I think that life is meant to be enjoyed, and we're meant to live with passion, purpose, and fun. In this podcast, we will talk about all things joy, what brings you joy, what keeps you from joy, and how to just enjoy life more in general. You are uniquely and wonderfully made, and you are who you are and how you are for a reason. My hope for you is that you will adore being you. Build a life you love, soak up as many moments as you can, and enjoy the heck out of life. Welcome to the Make It Joy Podcast. Lindsay, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. How the heck are you? I'm great. I'm doing really well today. Uh, and I just really appreciate you inviting me. It's good to be here. Uh, well, I have been on your email list for a while, which it's always witty. And it's always, I think I told you beforehand, I just love how sassy you are. And it's so informative, too. You always have practical tips delivered in a fun, non-boring money way. And so when I find somebody good like you, I have to bring them on the show. I have a ton of fun with my email, my email list, my email community. So that's really wonderful to hear. So thank you for the kind words. I can tell that you love what you do. You're very uh, wise about what you do. And it seems very much like you have a lot of life experience with uh, money. And it just seems like the way you've handled money has been a part of you your whole life. And the fun just oozes out of you. Yeah. I mean, it's something I feel like I finally came to a realization that like this is a successful domain for me and isn't for a lot of people is a lot of, is a source of a lot of stress and anxiety and pressure and fights and marital problems. Like it can be a real problem for, for a lot of people. 
And I think having that more lighthearted, like money is just money. It is just a tool kind of mindset that I sort of evolved with through the years has just served me really well. And so that's something that I really want to give to other people. I think it's so freeing and money is, you're right. It's such a source of stress. And to, if there's any way to flip, you know, just flip it so that suddenly money is like you said, money's just money and it can be this positive thing or it can be something that we use to travel or something to we use to accomplish our dreams or bring more joy to our life. I, I love that. And I think that it typically is um, something we think of that we need more of, we don't have yeah. enough of, and it's yeah. a source of stress. So yeah. I love this lighthearted, really joyful perspective you have about money. And Lindsay, you've got I think you've got a really unique approach to how you like how you view budgets and our just the finances in general month to month. Um, and you and by the way, you focus mostly on like families and individuals, correct? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the sort of systems and philosophies that I teach are really applicable to everyone. And I definitely have like a whole range of people and ages and seasons of life on like my email list, for example. Um, but I think when I started out, like my passion was for that young family because that had been my experience of like, you feel like you finally make it in the world. You get out, you get your first job, you know, you get out of college for me, grad school, get into your first career. And then suddenly you have to pay your student loans and you're getting married and now you have childcare bills to cover and welcome to your first mortgage. And it's like, it felt like impossible to ever get ahead. And I, I was also, I mean, Without going on multiple tangents, I was <laughs> felt a little frustrated <laughs> too. With like there was, there's this number that gets thrown around, like childcare costs shouldn't be more than ten percent of your pay or whatever. And I'm like, who came up with that number? Like, if women are going to be working and paying for full time childcare, it's going to be a lot more than ten percent. And I think we need to like be more comfortable uh, with kind of our numbers being what they are and not kind of being forced into these norms of, you know, your savings should be this percent and, you know, this should be that percent. And the whole kind of budget structure is built around these like percentage ideas of what it should be. Uh, but everyone's so different. Everyone's life circumstances and season and cost of living where they live is so different family structure. And so I just never felt like that kind of typical advice was very fitting. And when it doesn't fit, it becomes frustrating and people just kind of feel shame about that or feel guilt about that. And so that just gets me really frustrated. And I have a heart for that sort of like young family season of life, because I feel like it's really tough when you're first, you know, starting out, there's expenses are high. But it, so many of us just are trying to squeeze into, like you said, these percentages, and we're trying to do what's right. But so many people just feel behind all the time. And I think that you're your approach to budgeting where like how it's not really the line by line traditional monthly budget of whatever expense of this is going to be $35 this month. You know, it's not a line by line thing. So what, what's your take on, on the monthly budget? So what I tend to say is when I think about money management, I think about cash flow, not categories. Cash flow is where we think more about money management in like a money over time kind of thing. Like if you think about your checking account, like money is just kind of flying around, right? There's the bills that are going out throughout the month. Your paychecks come in on their own schedule. Um, there might be sporadic expenses in there. It's just kind of like, and everything's digital. So it's very invisible and it's just kind of like in and out all the time. And so with cash flow, we're thinking much more about not how much money should I spend on groceries per month, 
but how like fast should I limit myself to move through my money day to day, week to week, month to month? Um, and I teach people to use like a really simple spreadsheet that creates essentially like if you think back, a good old fashioned checkbook register, right? Because when you write a check, it wouldn't necessarily uh, deposit, you know, or, or cash or whatever, mm-hmm. cash out for a week or month or whatever, depending who was receiving it. And so you had to keep track of those things and be able to kind of project how much available money you had based on money that was committed elsewhere via check writing. But we already we do that still now. We have all this money that's committed out through our recurring bills each month, through the spending that we're going to do. Um, so I teach people to use a really simple spreadsheet to kind of do that projecting in a cash flow based way. Because what matters is, do you have the money in the right place to pay the bill when the bill is due? And do you have money to buy the groceries you need to buy this week and next week? Uh, not so much how much per month you're spending on this versus that versus that. It's more just you can't burn through it too fast. And so we kind of yeah. try to keep it really simple, lay a really simple foundation and focus more on like rate based money management not category-based money management. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I think it does. Well, I think at, at the absolute very, loo- very least, it is very intriguing. And I'm somebody who's always done, um, you know, the the only way I've known, which is the line by line. But I, like you're saying, it really isn't that practical. And money definitely is just flying around <laughs> all the time. Yes. In and out. I love that you said that. That's so funny. But um, how could you talk to a an old dog like myself who is stuck <laughs> in her Excel, very, very basic Excel sheet ways? Because uh, what you're talking about sounds awesome, but it also sounds a little scary. Like, what if I just, what if I'm not able to control the numbers and then I have no money at all? How can somebody like me switch over to something like your style of budgeting? Yeah. So first I would say if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Most above all, I try to help people in my community or in my courses to find exactly what works for them. It's kind of crazy when you get into it. Like everybody does this in a different way. I think everyone thinks that everyone's just doing it this way that was in a book or whatever, but everyone kind of develops their own system, their own nuance and what makes them comfortable. So I think first and foremost, if you have a good system that's working, you don't necessarily need to do anything different. The problem is I think most people categorize traditional budgeting and tracking doesn't stick. And so those people are left frustrated with no other solutions because that's kind of the only thing that ever gets taught. Probably the best way I feel like for people to get started is so I think you have the link for like, a, I have this very kind of basic starter workbook to help people kind of just organize their numbers into thinking of the month, the four monthly cash flow buckets. That's kind of what I teach, four buckets, no, not, not eight, not 10, just four. <laughs> and it's kind of based on how money is moving in and out of your accounts. So those buckets would be your bills bucket. And that's about that recurring committed money that's going to be moving out no matter what you do. So even if you suddenly, like this is like the analogy I use. If you suddenly ended up in the hospital, like that money's still going to leave your account, even if you're not out in the world shopping around and doing stuff. Like that's money that's going to leave your account no matter what. So insurance payments, the mortgage payments, stuff like that. And the other bucket would be the other outgoing bucket would be spending. And so that's that more pull out your wallet, day to day things that you have day to day control over. Um, and that's that's really the bucket that I think really matters when people talk about budgeting. The other would be debt attack and savings. And so I kind of, in my in my main flagship course, which is called Money Strategy School, I teach like a, 
kind of creating a customized system, a strategy that works for each of those four main cash flow buckets, and then how they all fit together. Well, I think that what you're saying about the the spending bucket being the like the f- primary focus bucket that makes a lot of sense, you know, and that's easy, uh, easy to kind of wrap my mind around, and I think easy for other people to as well. But what about people? What it, what does someone who is living paycheck to paycheck or always feels behind, or maybe says to themselves, "I'm going to wait until I get enough money to start a budget"? <laughs> um, yeah. What advice do you have for people like that? So in general, I'd say like this sort of cash flow based system that I have always used, I actually developed doing this for myself when I was living paycheck to paycheck and making sure money had landed in my account before this bill went out and that bill went out and making sure I still had enough to you know cover whatever else was coming up. That's actually what the, in terms of the spreadsheet I use anyway, that's exactly what that's designed to do. Um, so that living to paycheck to paycheck, which is very common is really just about managing timing. And so that's why managing cash flow and being focused on those kind of four different buckets can be so useful. But one of the first things you can do is what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's like the simplest thing that you can change? Usually it's some kind of recurring bill because that's like a set it and forget it decision. Once you've made that choice, it will serve you over and over and over again throughout the, you know, every month. So you could like drop the cell phone coverage off of your wireless bill, which is often built in with the big carriers. I'm just giving like a random example here. Sure. So instead of $10 a month going to Verizon every month, you cancel that because your phone's five years old anyway. And who cares if you have insurance? It's usually not a good deal anyway. And you shift that $10 directly to your savings account. So nothing has changed. You're living with the same amount of money you were before, but you made the strategic shift from money was going here Now it's going to savings. So it's there to support you when you have a surprise expense, when you overspend and all those kinds of things that happen all the time in life, right? So I just take take people one step at a time with kind of shifting cash flow in these strategic intentional ways to kind of build how you want money to be working for you by just kind of making these switches. And that's really smart. And you know, I've just got to ask it because it's 2023 and everybody is wondering, how the heck much do you have to make to be able to live? <laughs> Just the cost of living is out of control. And so it feels like I either have to cut all of my expenses or cut everything down as much as possible, which can mean like eliminating fun, eliminating mm-hmm. um, some family stuff, eliminating some some of the like higher quality food yeah. and and getting the getting some janky strawberries at Walmart or wherever you get them, you know. (laughs) But so it feels like you either have to cut down a whole lot or start earning a whole lot more just to make it each month, let alone save for retirement, possibly children's weddings, college, all this stuff. It's just amazing how much we cost. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer, right? Like, Times are what they are. The ec- economy is kind of doing its thing. And honestly, right now is doing things that no one's ever really seen before. So I don't ha- I don't think I have any perfect answers for, you know, what's the what's the secret to to surviving through it. But I will say that my philosophy with kind of, you know, this question in terms of, you know, inflation's been the big deal, right? Over the last year or so. Costs going up. But any other sort of circumstances outside of our control when it comes to money is is just sort of trying to settle yourself a little bit into acceptance and just, okay, it's an opportunity for a new strategy, a reprioritization, and not 
being in a place where you're upset or victimized by that, I think that's really, really powerful for being successful in the long run. Because typically these are just seasons. Nothing lasts forever. And I think we're able to see solutions more clearly, innovate, um, you know, maybe some new income streams, things like that for our family. When we're sitting in a place of of more satisfaction and, you know, it is what it is and letting the things we can't control just be what they are. Uh, there's like a thought that I like, um, let's see if I can like put it correctly, but if you, when you're wishing for circumstances to be different than they are or believing that they should be different than they are, you are literally creating your own suffering. And that's true in all parts of life and definitely true in money. So I think when it's the stuff that we really can't change, you know, we have to learn to adapt. We have to learn to innovate. And that strategic shifting around is, is kind of the logistical piece of how we do that. Lindsay, so that I feel like you have set us up for good money basics. Um, can we talk specifically about holiday money management? <laughs> because it is. Do it. If you can succeed at Christmas time with money, then what can stop you? <laughs> Let's start at the absolute peak of the mountain or or depth of the valley, however you would like to look at it. <laughs> but so what I'd like to do is go over some, um, I just have several questions here about specific holiday money management and holiday like financial challenges. So how about I just ask you a question and then you give us um, a little bit of help. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's hit, let's uh, hit through the list. So we are, uh, it is Thanksgiving week as this episode is out and we are, we're just a few days away from the most magical spiritual <laughs> holiday of the year, Black Friday. Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so basically it is a spendathon, uh, and I'm curious what y- what you think of it and if we will be saving a lot of money by spending a lot more money on stuff we perhaps <laughs> wouldn't have. So can you tell us uh, how you suggest we approach Black Friday? Definitely. So I say to each his own for one, but I personally, whatever there is like a super time limited crunch to like, you have to buy it today to get the best deal. Like my red flag goes up. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. If you're going to rush me, I know you're going to get a lot more money out of me than you would have otherwise. Time is basically the most powerful filter to separate what's really important intentional spending from the stuff that's impulsive, not high value to you, doesn't actually align with your like biggest, highest priorities and goals. The I've never really opted into doing shopping on Black Friday just because I don't I don't like that idea of, you know, right now, fast, all at once to get the best price. Because sometimes getting the right list and the right purchases, actually maybe most of the time, is more important, honestly, than the best price. You'll probably end up spending more if you get caught up in the price, the deals, the bulk buying, these kinds of things, which when you have a big enough buffer to to do that, then go for it. But if things are tight, I feel like sometimes the temptation of the best price, the best deal can sometimes lead us down a a slippery path. One thing I'm hearing there is, Quality over quantity. Is that right? Yes, definitely. And, and, and you know, I will say, what about, okay, so Black Friday is to each their own. Um, what about those that are saying, thanks for that uh, perspective, Lindsay, not into it. So <laughs> how can I make the most of it? Something I've done in the past is I have 
known for months and months and months that I want something or that I need something, whether it's a like a course or yep. like I'm waiting on a course for Black Friday that um, would normally be $600, but I anticipate it'll be like $300. I've wondered if there is any way that we could swing Black Friday in our favor in a way uh, for those who do want to participate in a way that doesn't feel yucky and um, where you need a shower right after. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think of people, if you got a plan, an intentional plan, or like you said, you have your eye on something, or honestly, even for like our in our household, sometimes we also have a rental property that was our first house that we rent out now. Whenever I'm like, we're, we need a new refrigerator this year for the house. Like Black Friday can be a really good time to buy some of those things. So I think if you have some intention and a plan of what you're going to get, you know, great. Um, it's more the you kind of, if you feel sort of rushed into like, I've got all my Christmas shopping done in this weekend, this is all the best prices. And you just kind of go, go, go. That speed, I think, of doing it all at once can be a little bit dangerous. But so you have said, be intentional, look for quality uh, over quantity. And yeah, and just really, really focus on what you're bringing into your life. Well, so Lindsay, how can a family, I know everybody's finances are different and everybody's view of what Christmas should look like is different, but how can a family know how much to spend on Christmas? Yeah, that's like a, a big tough question, right? Um, you can easily go online and find out like the average American family spends, I think it's like a thousand dollars or something statistically mm -hmm. right now spends at Christmas time. I don't know if that's specifically gifts or all of it, but um, I tend to want people to think about what is best for you. But the sort of guidance I try to give people to th give people, give to people, sorry. And the process I want to walk them through is to just think first, kind of brainstorm what actually matters to you to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate the holidays through the season. And I'm a very visual person. So sometimes I think about what does the scrapbook page look like for the perfect Christmas for you and your family or for, you know, just you personally um, in the different aspects of, how, of what is there and what that looks like. And sometimes you end up discovering, and it's good to brainstorm with just all the things, all the ideas, no judgment, just roll them out. And sometimes doing that, it's very revealing that some of the most important aspects of Christmas to celebrating Christmas to you yeah, don't even use money. Right. So it really takes the pressure off of the the buying and the Christmas gift part of it. And so when you do your, you know, Christmas gift shopping, it it's just a little less loaded. It feels a little less heavy. And it's easier to resist that last minute or sale induced flurry of, oh wait, I'm worried it's not gonna be enough. I'm gonna run to Target one more time mm. and things like that. Cause you know what matters to you and you've already kind of put those things in motion. I love that. And that naturally I think lead, uh, leads us into Another question, which is, it almost feels like a moral dilemma to how to, for people who have children, maybe smaller children, and, and Santa still comes to their house, um, how can <laughs> you focus on like blessing your children and not over giving or spoiling your children? And then you've also got like cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents, and there's just, mm -hmm stuff you know there's so much stuff at christmas and it's jesus's birthday party and that that can yes. certainly get lost but a little bit more i lo i love what you're talking about already and i love this scrapbook idea that immediately gave me a visual of kind of finding 
what I value most for the holiday and what I like, what matters the most and the direction I want to walk toward. But when it comes to the glee of children and the overspoiling and the amount of stuff that comes in, like balancing that with their happiness, do you have any parental advice, financial (laughs) advice for that? Parental advice. Ooh, dangerous territory. (laughs) Yeah. So I have two kids and we do the, you know, buying them more than they need, right? At Christmas time, they get them, they get the gifts from grandma, grandpa, and aunts and uncles. And I think what I've learned most over the years, and I try to really remind myself, is every single year, it always feels like more than enough, even though every time I worry that it wasn't going to be enough. So I think you've got to give yourself a lot of permission to make those difficult parental judgment calls. And probably whatever level you're feeling you should be at, you can probably take one step back and that might be a little more appropriate and you might be a little happier with that in the end. Because has anyone like finished Christmas Day and then looked around their living room and been like, gosh, we just don't have enough laying around covering the floor. (laughs) There's always too much, right? Like we live in a world and a time in modern life that is already excessive, right? So to think that we wouldn't give enough to our kids is just, it's a little bit crazy, honestly, when you really question yourself about it. What do we do if you're saving for multiple things all at once? Like that could, that could be any time of year, right? So say, okay, Christmas is coming up. Um, We have a trip coming up. We need a new car. You know, the air conditioning just went out or whatever it is. What do you do if you have several biggies on the horizon? How do you save, how do you save for multiple things at one time? Yeah, I love this topic because this is life, right? What you just described, that list of all the things, that is life for all of us all the time. There's always something. So a surprise expense, like you said, the air conditioning goes out or something, like that's not going to happen every month, but something is going to happen every month. And some of them we know about, like Christmas happens every year, right? And some of them we don't know how much and what and when it's going to happen. But that's why with the so going back to like the four cash flow buckets, like the whole system I kind of teach for how to think about savings, I call it a three-layer savings approach. And so that the, the middle layer is all about funding these more sporadic things. So we manage our monthly bills over here. And then we have this whole layer of it's kind of insane how much throughout a year you actually spend on irregular bills and expenses, surprise expenses. And then the ones that like Christmas and birthdays are things you sort of know about, but they're kind of outside of your normal spending level. And so getting something like that in place where you have a real, you actually know how much that number is. Like for our family four for a long time, it was like ten to $12,000 a year. That that, and which I think is a shocking number, right? If you would have yeah. asked me like, how much do you spend on irregular and surprise stuff throughout the year that you have to kind of pull from savings from or whatever? Oh, I don't know, you know, five or 6,000. No, it's like twice that. Mm. So I think getting in touch with looking at how much, how much have you pulled out of savings over the last year? How much have you put on that emergency credit card over the past year? That number is shockingly consistent. At least I have found in my life. It is very consistent year to year. So it is a, it is a very, very helpful guide. And can, when you start like shuttling your cash flow goals towards feeding that layer, which are the things that you want and need to do. You want to replace your air conditioner when it breaks. You want to have money for Christmas. It's not about just like, oh, I can't believe I have to spend this money on these things. No, like you want to be able to do that. So that's kind of one big picture thing that helps. But if you don't have that in place and right now you're like, well, that's not helping me because I haven't done that, Lindsay. It's Christmas is around the corner. I like to encourage people to think about 
Like, what are all the buffers that you kind of have in place that you can layer together? Like, always layering strategies where they're layering strategic shifts in that cash flow, or we're layering kind of little buckets of cash to come together for something that is urgent. So, this time of year, I like to look at my credit card reward balances. What's there that I can add up to use to either buy gift cards for gifts or directly use to buy gifts or whatever. Um, the spending kind of, you know, your spending limit that you're operating within November and December, like maybe you can, yeah, make some cuts and make some, eat the, eat the strawberries that are crummier or whatever, you know, like make a few small sacrifices in November and December. So you have some buffer space in your normal spending that you can use towards Christmas savings or Christmas um, spending. That obviously, like maybe you pull some from savings. Maybe you've got some cash in the drawer. You can like join that up. Maybe you've got some gift cards you receive throughout the year. I like to just layer all these things together. And if you, you know, do that, it starts to add up a bit, a big chunk of what you wish you had, you know, so you're going into debt less or, and I, you know, honestly, I, I want to really encourage people to just stick to what wouldn't put them into debt more and um, just adjust expectations accordingly. There was, I remember a Christmas where, I was living off of like almost no money. I was so broke. And so I I drove out to the mountains. I was living in, out west at the time. I drove out to the mountains, took pictures of the mountains, got some plastic frames at Walmart, put the pictures in. And like that's the gifts that I gave out to my family that year, these different pictures oh. of the mountains. And I know I got some looks that were like, seriously? And I was, <laughs> but I just felt like I felt incompetent in that because I knew, you know, someday I will I will take advantage of the opportunity to give you more. But right now, in my season that I'm in right now, this is my best I can give to you because I know you wouldn't want me to be financially strained or in credit card debt to give you a gift. That's a funny thing about gifts. I mean, gifts are, <laughs> I don't know what the actual word means, but they are something that you give out of like out of a full place of your heart or you give to celebrate somebody or you, you give to thank someone or just to, to love on someone. And here they are, they're... <laughs> How often do we go into the holidays? It's like, great, I got my list and I've got 13 people I have to give to. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would love to get back to a place to where giving and gifts is, really just comes from like an overflow of the heart, not something that we have to do. Exactly. Um, yes. but, okay. Okay. I want to know how we can give to others like charity, tithing, um, which is another expense. And uh, how can you have your own Christmas, have your own expensive life, and then also make space to give to other people. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's so many different things you can kind of think about here. So one is I like to remind myself and others that giving isn't just about money. You know, it's time, talent, and treasure, right? So sometimes just an act of service is a great way to kind of fill that giving bucket if things are really, really tight and you cannot do that without harming your own financial health. When I have people think about those unintentional elements of what's important for creating like the Christmas they want to remember, I have them also estimate what would then be like your spending limit on these different elements to create these different realities for your celebrating Christmas. And then I challenge them to take 10% off all of it. And so then that 10% can be what you give and then the rest is what you make work for the priorities that you have set. Mm, I like that. Um, and it's, I also like that there are other ways to give. Again, again, with this idea of like a gift being something from a full heart, tithing doesn't have to be, you know, financial. It can be with our hands and our feet and our hearts mm -hmm. and our words. And 
and I, you know, maybe not everybody sees it that way, but I think that I, I like that you have said, if it's going to harm you financially, then don't, you don't have to financially give. I mean, if that's something like the Lord prompts you to do, that's a totally different Absolutely. story between y'all. It is but, exactly. And it's, it does a very like big and nuanced conversation. Right. But those are just some, at least some thoughts that get started. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's, that can give some freedom to some people who maybe feel some pressure, but um, okay. So what does one do if they get a Christmas windfall, if they get some unexpected or expected cash from um, Santa or family member or a reindeer? I love this question. I love the idea of talking about windfalls in general because it goes into this whole saving strategy. So I am real big on so I talked about that kind of layer of savings that is probably a lot bigger than you realize that you need to just like fund life the way life happens throughout an entire year, as well as, you know, Christmas spending, all of that. So the way we fund that is every windfall you ever get, which is usually like, yeah, maybe it's some gift money, maybe tax refund money. For a lot of people, it's that biweekly paycheck that they get. And that means twice a year, they have three checks in a month instead of two. So I want people to always operate off of two checks. And then the, those two months, they have those like windfall checks that go into savings and it funds this layer of savings in addition to whatever your monthly savings rate is, which you continually increase as you can with those strategic shifts in your cash flow from spending or bills to savings according to whatever your goals and priorities are. So a Christmas windfall, I would do the exact same thing with. And so I think, so the, the, the challenge, right? People are going to say, but that's supposed to be for a gift for me or something like that. So if People have given you money and it's definitely earmarked for, I want you to be able to go out and do some shopping for yourself with this. You know, you got to respect the gift giver for sure. But I think if as a, as a habit, it's just our habit that all those things go into savings and then we feel comfortable using our savings as we want for those types of things. So maybe I'm not going to, oh, look, a tax refund. How am I going to use it? I don't ask that question. Here's a Christmas windfall. How am I going to use it? I never ask that question. I just put it away and then I know I have this funding here to do something when the time comes. Makes a lot of sense. A um, little boring, but makes a lot of sense. It's <laughs> <laughs> but it's not when you know you have that nice cushion all built up. Right? Right. It's very powerful. It is. I I was a little bit crossing my fingers that at the end you're going to say, or you could just like go see the fjords of Norway for a month or something. <laughs> But I think so that's you can though, right? If you're in a habit of always dumping that money into a pile, and then you're sort of when you do cash flow based money management, you're always prioritizing uh, expenses over time. So if that you know trip to Ireland is on your docket for that summer, great. Let's just keep pouring money into that savings, so like that layer two is taken care of, and that dream layer up above can start to fill up and do these things you want to do. Oh, that's so great. That's See, we got our travel in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you tell us how, during the holidays or not, how you can help can help people? I know you've got a lot of things on your website. I think, number one, I definitely recommend that everybody get on your fun, fun email list, um, and they'll just get emails from you uh, with help and uh Help delivered in a cheery manner is what I would say. The email list is where the party's at. So definitely come join us up there. I love that. Well, what else? How can we, um, how can you help us? 
yeah, so there's a lot of ways that you can get the help you de- help you need at the level that is appropriate for you from me. So you can always visit uh, website is thefamilymoneymentor.com. And so you can check out blog posts there. And there's links to some of my kind of main courses that I offer all the time are linked there as well. Uh, there's a link provided here, I believe, with the show notes where you can, that's a way to get on my email list. You'll get a free workbook as well. That's kind of those first steps of sort of thinking of your money in these four cash flow buckets and kind of getting your numbers a bit organized for that. So that's a great starting point to just kind of like get, there's some helpful links in there to kind of direct you more for like the saving strategy and the spending strategy that link to the blog. So you can do a lot for free right there. And then beyond that, I'll be, like I mentioned, spending training stuff. That's things I'll roll out kind of late November, uh, early December. So you'll see that on emails from me. Um, we have a really, those my, like my favorite program. I don't know my favorite program. It's hard to say. One of my favorite programs that we do is called the 30 day financial level up. And I will run this in January and it's really special because I always do it as a pay. You choose your own price for it. So it's like really quick, easy wins. It's designed to meet you where you are and just give you some momentum, but you can join it for as little as 10 bucks. So that money is really just about kind of putting some skin in the game to kind of commit yourself to getting some results. And people get great results with this. So it's a fantastic program that will be coming in January. So if you're listening to this before January, uh, you can, you know, you'll hear about that on the email list as well. Uh, Thank you, Lindsay, so much. You've got You've just given us so much wonderful information. And I think that we are all going to come through the holidays with, well, hopefully feeling good about how we spend our money. But also, I feel like we've talked a good bit about like the, the perspective of the holiday and the way that we approach our a holiday. And, and as much as we're able coming to it uh, with like a full heart and and really believing what you're doing and believing in how you're spending your money as much as we're able to. Um, so I thought that was um, a nice surprise chatting about, oh, values and whatnot. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Yeah, it's in everything, including our money. For Heck sure, yeah. our money, right? Yeah, it's all about quality and intention. And I think that was great. Okay, are you ready for your questions, your joy questions? Let's do it. Let's do this thing. All right, so you've taken the joy style quiz. Uh, What are you and what do you resonate with the most about that? So I came up as a joy giver. And when I was reading the description of this, I thought, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Because I'm I'm definitely like a uh, big vision, big impact. Uh, I want to like leave a mark, help people. It kind of fit. And the the... I think what I suffer at is the self-care part. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably me. But you know, I get it. I have a lot of fun just working on what, you know, what makes a good impact on the world and my family. Oh, I love that. Okay. What is your favorite simple luxury? I think my favorite simple luxury is probably my coffee. Yeah, my morning coffee. What is one of your big obstacles to joy? So the biggest obstacle probably, and I think this is probably with anybody who has a lot of big goals, big vision is that sometimes, you know, I'm not living in the present. And so I'm feeling maybe less joy about where I'm at right now. But I got to remind myself that where I'm at right now was my dream, you know, a year ago or five years ago. So that sort of living in the present sort of appreciate where you are so powerful. And I have to kind of remind myself of that sometimes. Okay. What do you love about being a woman? I love about being a woman. And I, my, the thing my mind goes straight to is just kind of the amazing thing that our body does, like making humans. I don't know if that's like a super weird answer, but I think it's pretty cool that we can like create human beings. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, in three words, what is the meaning of life? It's a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> I'm going to say love first, service, and then another word that comes to mind is impact. Those are probably my three words. Ooh, these are good. You are a joy giver, you rascal. Um, <laughs> Now, I have one more question that I always ask, but you get your own personal question. Okay. So if, uh, before I ask you the last one, okay, let's say your finances are set. You're no need to save at the moment. I'm giving you $25,000 to do whatever you want with it. What are you going to do with it? So me personally, what I would do? Yeah, you. So it's going to go in my savings account because every windfall goes in my savings account. <laughs> but I will, so I'll expand on that a little bit. Like my dream is I really want to have property in the country. I am really into like learning more about things like sustainable energy and permaculture and this sort of, I just love efficiency in all things, whether it's money or living or whatever. So someday I really want to build a very intentionally designed, simple house that it's like, that's kind of my long range. Like I would love to do that someday. <laughs> okay. Uh, what prayer or blessing or wish would you like to give the people who are listening to us? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I think what I would hope for everyone is to be able to, especially around this time of year, is to really like sit in what I'll call enoughness. Okay. So it's that sort of Start before we think about our big dreams and goals, and I've got big ones too, right? I love that we're reaching for big goals, but I think to do that effectively, we need to sit in that safety and security of like having enough. Like anyone listening to this podcast probably woke up this morning with a roof over their head and food in the pantry and a safe place to live. And so I think just no matter what our, you know, big modern life things are, I think just recognize, especially when it comes to money, just recognizing that I'm here. I've made it this far. It's enough. Like I have enough. Maybe I'm stri- maybe I'm striving and working and doing the steps for more, but I, what I have right now is enough. I think it's really powerful. I think so too. That's beautiful. I love that. This has been a lot of fun and I I really appreciate you and I think that um I like your your unique take on how to spend. It's very practical and we know it's practical because you came up with it <laughs> like as you were living, but also I like your there's just so much, uh, you seem so led by what your soul led, you know, you're led by the soul and, and are encouraging us to do the same and, and spend on what really matters and live a life that, that really matters to you. I think that's, uh, I think that's freaking awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> awesome talking about it all today. It was fun to just kind of, yeah, go through all these really interesting questions. Well, good. Well, thanks a ton, Lindsay. And we, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Caroline. Okay, gang, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been inspired, encouraged, and have had a great time. If you'd like to know more about working with me, having me as your own personal coach, check out my website, www.makeitjoy.com. You'll also find all of my resources, recommendations, and freebies on there as well. If this podcast is your kind of thing, I would so appreciate your support. Please leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you'd like to say hello, I would love to hear from you. Send an email to caroline at makeitjoy.com. I will read it and I will get back to you. I love the Make It Joy community. Y'all are a really beautiful, lovely group of people. And I appreciate you all so much. Enjoy being you. Enjoy your life. 
and go make it joy. I'll see you next time.